Hey guys, we had some insane audio issues this week, so my entire audio track is pretty much not used except like a tiny little bit. Um, we apologize for the inconvenience and try to enjoy the episode anyway. Bye. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, hello everyone. <laughs> uh, Hi Ben. Hello. Hi. Hello. It's great to see you. This is Movies IMO. We're your favorite film fag. <laughs> we were just having a really inappropriate conversation. Yeah. And it's yeah. not going to make it. But some of it is on. No, no all it, of it's on mic. It's, it was all recorded. It was a conversation <laughs> that was just as subjective as the title Fave Film Fags. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, boy. Um, I'm Ben Empey. I'm Brandon Kirby. I'm Daniel Crook. Um, today, we are here. We have gathered here today to talk about... Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which is the wordiest title. is it's the um, wordiest movie. Yeah, is yeah. Um, written and directed by Academy Award winner Martin McDonough. Yeah, he oh, won Best Six Shooter. Six Shooter. No, he won Best Short. Yeah. Like in 2004. 2006. That's like the thing that made his career. Wow. Well, his, mm, his film career. So his film career. Did In Bruges get nominated for Best Screenplay? It did. it did. It was sort of a surprise nomination. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and starring Academy Award winner Francis McDormand. Mm-hmm. Round of applause. Um, right. Yeah. BPM, BPM, baby. Academy Award nominee Woody Harrelson. And never recognized by the and Academy Sam Independent Rockwell? Spirit Award <laughs> nominee Sam Rockwell. <laughs> oh, for what? Seven Psychopaths, another uh, Martin McDonough joint. I love. He's Sam so Rockwell. good, just as a he's great. everything as everything. Yeah, his I love that. Like his closest shot to Oscar was in that Hillary Swank vehicle, Betty, or it was once called Betty, Betty Ann Waters, and then was retitled to Conviction, and oh, she I have she no played. Idea. It was a real life story. I saw it. It was a, It's not very good. It's a real life story about Betty Ann Waters, who is a woman who basically teaches herself the law in order to exonerate her convicted brother who is innocent of the crime he's been nice. convicted of. And he's the criminal? He is, well, he, he is the, the supposed criminal, the alleged criminal. Um, and it is a very Oscar-y <laughs> performance um, that he obviously Are you saying for. he didn't get close with Confessions of a Dangerous Mind? Um... I gotta be honest with you. I don't. I don't know the IMDb awards and nominations page for Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I do think he was in the conversation right here. What's the movie about? I don't know. No, no, no. Three oh, billboards. Wait, can I just say my favorite Sam <laughs> Rockwell performance is Mastic Men? Ooh, oh. I thought you were gonna say Choke. Oh, that movie. It's a weird. I it doesn't totally work. I've seen it came out. I, I love Mastic Men. It's a Ridley Scott joint. Mastic Men is quite good. And who's the it's girl? Good. What's her name? Oh. Uh, Nicholas something? She's good, too. It's Nicholas Cage is one of his best performances, too. Have his, you guys seen the Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans? The I Herzog need film? to. It's, it's an extraordinary movie, and it's an extraordinary performance. What's the movie about, Ben? Yes, tell us what um, three billboards outside. I was going to like, really quickly pull up data about The Confessions of a Dangerous Mind? No, oh. just so that I remember like how to look up concise way to describe it it's a darkly comic drama from director martin mcdonough about a vigilante mother who takes matters into her own hands she sure does as she searches for her daughter's murderer by putting up three billboards outside (laughs) ebbing missouri that accused the police department of not doing their jobs and still no arrests still no arrests 
That's actually, I'm going to be that billboard in regards to the Trump administration. <laughs> Still no arrests? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Truly. Um, Still no incriminating DMs? I would like to Ooh, say... yeah. We didn't talk about this during the discussion. Mm-hmm. It really bothers me when I see... Frances McDormand being wasted. Articles that are like, this is her best performance since Fargo. As Bullshit. If all doesn't exist. Yeah. As if oh. she's not a joy in Burn After Reading. She's she, such she's a joy. barely in Almost Famous and mm-hmm. still steals the whole movie. Yeah. Um, Even not, North Country, which is Oscar bait. I didn't see that. But she, this is not her best performance since no. Fargo. That no. is insane. That, that is insane. actually insane. It's Olive in- Kitteridge is... I forgot. Oh, I'm gonna go home and watch Olive Kitteridge. Oh my god, I love it so much. <laughs> She's, I mean, how great is she in Five Minutes of Hail Caesar, which she gets her ascot caught in the moviola. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, I forgot she was in that. As, She's the, great. as the editor. The Remember editor, the female editor. Fran won, I think it was the Emmy for Olive Kitteridge, but it could have been mm-hmm. another award. She was just like, I love my job. Oh. I will never forget that. And she says it with such passion, and then she's she pitches the the shaker play that she was in at the uh, time. She's in another shaker play right oh, now. She? Yeah. Wonderful. We should go. The spirit. Well, I don't think it's in LA. I think it's oh. in New York. Let's fly there. Let's fly away home, back to New York. Nice. So you, I know I've told you guys, but I was Frances McDormand for Halloween a couple years ago. That picture of her at the uh, Met Gala or like the <laughs> some award show at Lincoln Center. Where someone snapped a photo of her in the bathroom and like a perfect like back black blouse, black trousers, and she's just sitting on the toilet with a glass of white wine <laughs> oh with like God. this devil may care drunken smile on her mm-hmm. face. That was my Halloween costume a couple years ago. She's the Catherine Hepburn of our generation. I don't disagree. So what's our theme? What's our accompanying theme? Oh, and we're also going to talk about movies that have won Best Actress but don't win Best Picture. For example. Because we think perhaps this could happen again this year with this exact film. Yeah. At least at the time that we picked the theme, Francis (laughs) was the front runner. Things have been muddied since then. It's happened to her before. Look at Fargo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, She won Best Actress for Fargo and the film won Best Screenplay, but she did not. No. I mean, it did not win Best Picture. It sure didn't. It didn't. It lost to the English Patient, which is a worthy foe. It's hard we're gonna more about Ray Fiennes to I come. Yeah, I don't know if I want to have this fight right now. No, I, I no fight. We'll do a retrospective episode in oh, a couple great. months. About 1996. Yeah. Well, oh my god, we could relit. We the, could relitigate the 1996 which Oscars. Is the first Oscars I remember. Nice. Actually, and like I was really invested. very cool. Oh, yeah. I love that. Mine comes later. And sadly, that, I wonder if that's why I love the English Patient, which I hadn't even seen at the time. But I was fully on the English Patient team that night. And you hadn't even seen it. I hadn't even. Oh, seen I it. love that. That's. I great. just like I. I don't know. I saw Julia Binoche, and I that was, was me with I'm Chicago in, in 2002. Gay, I'm, in. I'm gay and I'm in. <laughs> I'm seven years old, <laughs> and I'm in, baby. <laughs> wow. Um, then now, now uh, I'm thinking of In and Out, the Kevin Klein, Joan Cusack oh, yeah. gay film. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it since childhood, but I have fond memories of it. Yeah, okay, I've never seen it. But boy, do I have a funny story about In and Out. That's another. That's for. We'll another save time. that for uh, for the In and Out. Yeah, podcast. for the, for the In and Out retrospective. <laughs> it is a. We'll eat In and Out and we'll talk In and Out. Yeah, it great. is a story for another time. But anyway, Ben. Um. So yeah, what else are we talking about? 
That's it. That's right? it. All right. We did it. <laughs> we yeah. just shit all over this movie. And. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> There's an in the fade reference I could make, but you guys we haven't seen, seen it yet. yet. I have not seen the film. I don't think it's going to be nominated. I, I do. I don't. And I also think it could win. But you haven't seen it. Why do you think that? Because I think foreign leans toward the more conventional option. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's conventional, though. It, oh, it's it, not? It's three movies in one, which, granted, a war follows a similar structure where, like, the first half is a war movie and the second half I is a courtroom drama. That. It's good. And I kept meeting, too. It's good. The lead is, um, he gives a really intense, moving performance. In the fade... It's just stylistically all over the place. It's Uh-oh. sort of laughable at times. But, oh my god, Diane Kruger's amazing. Really? Sure. If it gets nominated, it'll be purely based off the power of her performance. Mm-hmm. She's, she gutted me. She's incredible. Yeah. Like, we can put a cap on movies about grief, or like performances mm. about grief at this point. Like, we've done, we've gone through Jackie, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's done. Kruger, Kruger is taking the. Uh, it's over. The headstone. It's over. It's like a trophy, They've but it's in it. the shape of a headstone. I really want to see it for her. Yeah, she. I mean, single-handedly, the reason to see it is for her. Did you see that? Apparently, Jane is the documentary frontrunner. I knew you that. saw it. Faces places probably won't even get nominated. Mm-hmm. I think it Faces places a hundred percent gets nominated. Agnes is all over town. She just got this Oscar, oh. and apparently. All the stories from the Governor's Awards are that everybody wanted to talk to her. Oh, she's good. got sur- it, she's got campaign surrogates like Angelina Jolie. Yeah, good. Because I was like, it okay. didn't. She's get getting nominated. The I was uh, Producers Guild shortlist, which happened today. Oh, that's what worried me. But the Producers Whatever. Guild is bigger and less snooty. Do than the PGA Academy? nominations have much of a crossover in the documentary category? I don't know. But I just think that the Guild Awards are always broader choices. I think the critics are going to go for Faces Places. Yeah. I think it, even if it doesn't win all the major prizes, it will be a runner-up at like the National Society of Film Critics Awards. I bet New York gives her best documentary. She's she's going to be around. And I she, think it'll happen. I think the nomination like will happen. Jane, City of Ghosts. What else? Icarus, think? maybe. Icarus. Oh, I liked Icarus a lot. Netflix Ex Libri probably won't. Hell no. No, I mean, they gave Frederick Wiseman the Oscar last year, but he's never been nominated competitively, and this is not the one to change yeah. uh, his fortune. Okay. It was in theaters for a week, right. <laughs> like yeah. two weeks tops. Yeah. His movies always end up on PBS, mm. which is how I think most people see them. Right. Sure. And even then, when I say most people, I mean like <laughs> a centimeter of people. Yeah. When I left Jane, I was going to text you guys, this is going to win Best Documentary, but I didn't want to like. Rain on our dreams and hopes. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, okay. But and like, I it just it is. It just is. Yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine used to work for Brett Morgan and really enjoyed working for him. So I'm I've never met him, but I'm happy that he's having. I mean, the Kurt Cobain movie is astonishing. That's the one she worked on. Oh yeah. Oh, he did that. Is, like spectacular. And Those open. cartoon segments, I think, are really creative. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great movie, mm-hmm. and I think that. that I hope so. Because um, I was nominated. It was not nominated. Oh, I thought that, it was. It really? was nominated at the Emmys. That was a, oh, that aired on HBO. Oh, right. It played at Sundance. Oh, it was a I but HBO bought it. Oh, so they must have done a theatrical release, it was, but it probably aired on TV it, first. Yeah, oh, no, or a qualifying run? Is that I what you're saying? I think it was a qualifying run because they were like, 
we have this week we are allowed to air it because on, tomorrow it airs on HBO and we can't have it anymore. Nice. Is, it, is Jane still playing in theaters? I don't want to miss I it. Know. I think it's gone. I saw the trailer for that before Faces Places, and my friend who was with me like, was getting a little weepy <laughs> just at the trailer. It's really exciting just because it's almost all like footage that she and her husband shot together. Does it feel like you're discovering all these traits of the monkeys with her? Not quite. Oh, okay. Well. It's playing at the AMC Orange 30. That is in Orange, California, <laughs> where I went to college. It's also playing at the Edwards West Park 8. That is the Art House Theater in Irvine, near where I went to college. Well, that's where you can see it. And also you can see Last Flag Flying, which every time I see it, I think of <laughs> your tweet. Last Flag Flying. Nice. You at Flaming Saddles. <laughs> <laughs> at 3 a.m. <laughs> Every time I see Last Flag Flight, I think of that tweet. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll see that movie. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm a Linkletter so completist. Like yeah, I mean, I say that I, I, there's like six of these movies I haven't seen. Watch it once it's on Netflix. No, I've seen it in theaters. Ever. Really? Do you want to borrow my Criterion? Sure. It's You've amazing. never seen what? Days of Confused? Yeah. Neither have I. Guys, it's one of the I great know. ensemble films. It is <clears throat> Oltman-esque. Nice. Yeah, it's one that I've never seen. That's one that I have also just been like, the time will come and I will need to watch it. And I'm not, I haven't needed it yet. Sure. It will come to you. It will come to you in time. Fate will intervene. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing about Dazed and Confused, man. You get older, it stays the same same age. Nice. (sighs) Yep. Do you guys know that, um... (laughs) Matthew McConaughey refers to Richard Linklater as the Rick Dick Tinkalator. No, wow. Yeah, or something like that. They have a lovely relationship. Mm-hmm. Relish. He, he discovered him. I know. That's very nice. Yeah, they got a tight, tight relish. I bet they smoke a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Chill. Smoking and hanging. And Just a couple guys. Shooting up drywall. Is that the phrase? No. Is that what's, that's heroin. Is that smoking I weed? I don't think that's smoking weed. Mowing the lawn. Yeah. Oh, there it is. That's a good one. Yeah. I don't know any slang. I just know smoking grass. Lighten up. <laughs> Token. Popping the pipe. Can you tell I smoke a lot of weed? Mm-hmm. Token. Token, baby. Token. I like token. I think it's a fun word. I like the token. Blazing. <laughs> <laughs> Sparking up. That a thing? Nice. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Tinder. No. We're like not wanting to talk about this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we just have to jump into it. So oh, I hated Three Billboards. Let's just get it out there. Yeah. Um, I didn't. This is Ben. I hated it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I what I liked about it. Let's start there. What I well, hold on. What I liked about it was good. I found it to be good, like not not so impressive, but it worked. What I didn't like about it, I found to be reprehensible. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to dislike about this movie, and it's almost immediate. Yeah, like it's immediate for me. Me when me and Ben turned to each other, we saw it together, and after credits rolled, turned to each other, confirmed we both didn't like it, and then it was from the first scene of her in front of the billboards goes on for so long. She looks at the billboards. There's a shot of the billboards. We see her again. There's another shot of the billboards. 
she's thinking. And, and don't forget, like, it's like this is this is it, a, this yeah. is on, hold on guys. This is on top of the prologue, which is just shots of the billboards as well. Right <laughs> before she's we even there. We fucking get it. Yeah, yeah. We, she's getting an idea to do something with the billboards. I got, got it. Got it. Got it. Like one shot was enough. It's it's <laughs> so labored. And then it's like, okay, we're going right into her, going to the office, doing it. It's very, it's very just like, this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. Well, there's I think no it's a nuance I think it. that there's a little bit more going on than just A to B to C. Because my problem with this movie is that there is not a clear enough narrative progression that it goes off in these detours with the police, which yeah. derails the entire movie. Completely. But I think it has such a pacing problem. Because it is like, what is the plot of this movie? Which I'm fine with. There's like a, sort of a, a cosmic absurdity to that. That it's the type of um, it's the type of nuance um, or, or sort of the like overarching um, mystery that you see not in just his films but in his uh, plays as well. Mm-hmm. Like you're supposed there's supposed to be a level of mystery. It's supposed to feel uncanny and ironic, and the plot is supposed to meander in ways you don't expect. But it doesn't work. No, I don't think it works here at all. Yeah. If it's trying to be a Cohen Brothers movie, that's the feeling I, I was getting. See, I, I don't think that's true. Um, only because he has such a body of work that he has no need to ape someone else's style. I sure. think this movie is overwritten within an inch of its life. Yeah, yeah. In in McDonough is a uh, writer who is known for his verbosity and the way he's able to put these curly cues of comic flourish together with words, mm-hmm. like a lot of words rather. But here it is just so arch and stilted and in drags, which on top of the pacing and the plot, like every scene just for me doesn't fizzle at all. Like in Bruges crackles, you know, and seven psychopaths. I don't, I like seven psychopaths. I liked it a lot. The first time I saw it, I tried to rewatch it like six months ago and I couldn't get past 20 minutes of the movie. I will try again. There are certain scenes that I like. Christopher Walken is giving his best performance since Catch Me If You Can. Sam Rockwell's great. But even there, like that sort of overwritten quality drags down the movie. Or that's what I thought on my second viewing anyway. Yeah, I've only seen it once and I loved it. Yeah, I I did too. And it was disappointing. I, I wonder if I've changed and if it is the same archness that I yeah. reject in this movie and now I'm a different person and I can't get into that in a way that I could when I was 22. Yeah, like, I, that's I, a big part of it. I haven't seen Seven Psychopaths, but I remember loving In Bruges, but I haven't seen yeah. it since I in saw Bruges it. In Bruges was my favorite movie of 2008. Yeah, so I haven't seen it since 2008, mm-hmm. nine years ago, so I wonder if I went back, like you said, Ben, if we went back and watched these old movies of his, like, if I think we that movie, still enjoy them. I think that movie really holds up. I mean, just as sort of a complicated uh, moral tragedy that underlies all of the comedy the relationship between Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, um, the sort of episodic nature of it, and then Ray Fiennes is amazing, and then the third act just burns. <gasps> oh, I forgot about Ray Fiennes in that movie. Yeah. He's so good. He's. It, I think that it's probably the performance that sort of ki- re- like kick-started this yeah. second or third phase of his career where he now plays these meaty character roles yeah. rather than sort of like the suave, dapper English gent. For Three Billboards, I wonder if it's the fact that it's trying to be a message movie, which I guess critics have picked up on. How can you miss it? <laughs> I mean, well, it's very in your fucking face, but I don't think, I think the message is mixed. Totally misguided. It's I, completely That's my problem misguided. with it too. Um, because I actually well, think that, well, let's, okay, so let's, let's try and have some continuity to this thought here because first I think we should talk about the use of anger in this movie and then we'll talk about how it 
is morally reprehensible <laughs> the way that it reaches its conclusion on that point. Right? Right. Yeah. It ends with them going to fucking kill someone. Right. But, <laughs> but before that, there's this whole conversation going on about whether or not Francis McDormand's character, Mildred's anger, is constructive or productive. Mm-hmm. If it's only muddying the waters further, if that anger is begetting more anger in a way that just everybody drowns or everybody goes up in flames as mm-hmm. a result of it, which is just not true uh, about how anger can be used as a political tool. Yeah. And it's a mixed message for me because by putting up the billboards, she does uh, place a renewed uh, spotlight uh, on this case. Mm -hmm. The cops start actively at least talking about it more. So whether or not... so, So she is creating change. They don't end up catching the killer. Are we supposed to think that... That this was all, that it was futile. yeah. That this was all in vain, or, or what? Yeah, it's, it's not clear. I think what's really smart about the observation in this movie about anger is how other people will be with you in sympathy for your grief, mm-hmm. but as soon as your grief turns into vocal anger, everyone just wants you to shut up about it. I think that's a really smart observation really in this movie. Yeah, but then it. So that's what I thought the whole theme of the movie was going to be. But then it takes that. But then it goes off the rails. Then it equates her anger with her uh, daughter being raped and murdered with a racist who has tortured black people. How, how his heart of copper or whatever, I think I saw that referred to in a review as like a heart of copper or something. Um, but but basically like his whole redemptive arc working through his own issues. It's, that it's, when they're the t- together in the car at the end, it's as if McDonough is saying we all just need to get along a little right. bit more. And, and yeah, despite our different, we need to put our differences to the side and be together on a common goal. In this case, murder. possibly murder. I don't think they actually kill him. <laughs> I don't think they actually no, kill no, him. But because I think but, that he's saying vengeance is futile. But yeah, it, it equates movie. these two characters who are not equivalent. Right. And that's extreme. I think it's, yeah. I think Sam Rockwell gives the best performance in the movie. He's outstanding. He's, and yeah. I am uh-huh. so angry that that's the case because I don't want to be asked to empathize with a racist black person torturer right. in the year 2017. And you shouldn't have to. Yeah. That's the thing that's, that's so frustrating problem. about it. And that's the similar problem I have with Battle of the Sexes where why, why, are, why is a chauvinistic pig mm-hmm. painted as likable mm-hmm. And you root for him. He's the cuddly bigot next door. Yeah, and it's it's the same with Sam Rockwell's character. You want to love him, but you're like, wait, he's still a racist. Here's the thing. I never wanted to love him. It's just that the Woody Harrelson character hammers home so many times, like, ad nauseum. He's, he's a good guy at heart. He's a good guy at heart. It's like, he's actually not. He may right. be a guy that you might, that you like to have, uh, let me go back. He might be a guy that you like to go get a beer with and yeah. shoot the shit. He's a bigot. He has committed violent atrocities against black people. He clearly is ineffective at his job. Yep. And, uh, he, he doesn't do shit at work. He has an anger problem that he takes out on people who are black, white, Latino, like his whatever. Mother. His mother. And it's like the mother character. We're supposed to like, I think we're supposed to sympathize for the Rockwell character because it's clearly an inherited bigotry, an inherited hatred, right? From that, from the mother yeah. character. Mm-hmm. But I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't think that I don't think that I should have to be told to sympathize with a racist like this, and I think it's disgusting that he has such a redemptive arc. Yeah. Well, and in in just quickly, 
it speaks to just how good Sam Rockwell is in this movie that he somehow manages to like like Ben says turn yeah. in the best performance in the movie. And I prefer Francis, but um, he does he's gr- stunning. Both see here's the difference. Like you can't be a good guy and torture black people, but you can be Sam Rockwell giving a good performance while this character is fundamentally fucked. Yeah, Brandon. <laughs> I not, mean, not trying I, to talk over you. No, no, no. Just piling problem on top of problem. I mean, I don't even know if we're ready to go here. But the woman, uh, the woman, the movie also has a woman problem because the two supporting female characters, apart from Frances, is the ex-husband's new girlfriend, who's played for laughs as yeah. a fucking ditz and totally vapid. That actress, I don't know, I recognize her, but I don't know her name, and she's great with what you know the, what that role is, but. That's all it is. She's played for laughs. Mm-hmm. And then the other girl in the real estate office is also played for laughs because they're dumb and they're both just these dumb women. In the real estate office? Yeah. Oh, not the real estate office. In the, the gift the, shop? The, 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 um, no, the um, the uh, advertising office. Oh, okay. oh yeah. God. I the know, right? The one that right? the redhead has a crush on. Yes, I agree with that. Oh, but also and the they... wife. What accent is she doing? I know. What movie is she Is it, Ab- is Abby, it Abby Cornish? Cornish? Abby Cornish. What, what movie? the hell is she doing? Abby Cornish is. Okay, hold on, hold on. Is she, is she not playing like a genteel southern belle and like a Scotswoman from the yeah. plains at the same time? She's not in the same movie. When she Ooh. confronts Francis in the gift shop, I was like, what the fuck is that? Oh, I also have so a continuity. I have like a uh, a uh, logical issue with this movie <laughs> in that apparently she gets so wasted on Chardonnay that she passes it on the couch. But if you look at the shot when Woody Harrelson is holding the bottle of wine, it's like three quarters of a bottle of wine. That whole scene. In the afternoon. You can't get sick at like 10 o'clock at night <laughs> off of two glasses of Chardonnay that you had six hours earlier. <laughs> What was, what was, also, what was, like, the play on words that she did about, like, the Ugh. sex stuff? And that was, the, like, that was, like, the thing that Woody Hel- Harrison, Harrelson is going to reflect <sighs> on in his suicide note is, like, that <sighs> bad joke she made. I, that oh, was, my God. The, the Oscar whole, Wilde cock thing. The Oscar thing. Wilde cock <sighs> thing. So fucking stupid. That whole scene where Woody Harrelson kills himself, I was like, what movie am I watching? Is he supposed to be a hero, by the yes. way? Is this supposed yes. to be a hero suicide? I think so. It, it it drives me crazy. I mean, I don't think that he's I don't think that he's irredeemable in the same way that Sam Rockwell is. Right. But I think that his sort of like wistful, folksy voiceover of the suicide note, where he's like, so dumb. He's like, sorry, honey, I uh, I don't think this is selfish. I had to kill myself yeah. because, and it's like, well, I, I don't I don't necessarily think that suicide is a fundamentally selfish act in a way sure. that is bad. I have a lot of empathy for people who commit suicide, but he is so self righteous about his own suicide, and he's like. You and the kids will be fine. Like, you'll be mad for a while, but it'll be okay. And it's like, well, yeah. fuck you. Like, that's yeah. not what you say to a grieving uh, widow, let I, alone your when the widow is your wife. Yeah. I also don't understand what function his suicide played in the overarching plot of the movie. Probably I mean, something about, like, the comic mundanity, or, like, the cosmic, like, mundanity of these events. Like, yeah. does that make sense? So something didn't connect for me. I I mean nothing connects. (laughs) How much do you guys hate that gag where Woody Harrelson says "God damn" a bunch in front of his kids? It's so stupid. Isn't that funny? Isn't that hilarious? I've never heard that before. So Daniel, you 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 said before uh, recording tonight, you 
looked at some positive reviews. The movie has been getting raised. Yeah, because I needed to understand and, what and people so liked about I, it. I haven't read any positive reviews because I just refuse to try to understand this. That the fact that yeah. it's going to get nominated for Best Picture and it will probably win Best Screenplay. I'm going to no, kill myself. No, 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 no. I don't think so. <laughs> Not ever get out. No. Or, or Lady like, Bird. Get out. Or, I mean, I think Get Out, I think get out wins, but right. Lady Bird is a strong second. Well, let's fucking hope so. But it's going to get nominated. I, yeah. It's it's in the awards conversation. It's it's going to garner at least three nominations. Probably four. Yeah. I don't think so, my so, audience liked it very much. Yeah. But you're going to ask are, me what people liked about what it? What are critics saying? I think people like... I only read a couple, and like critics I admire. Mm-hmm. Um, there seemed to be an element about the strange bedfellows relationship between Francis and Sam Rockwell's characters. How they sort of um, bicker around one another... Uh, there are opposing forces that eventually conjoin at the end and how that reflects our own contemporary society right now, specifically in regards to gender discrimination and also racial discrimination, even though I can't possibly fathom how someone finds that redemptive arc to be appropriate. I think it's disgusting. It's not appropriate. I think this movie, I mean, this movie has a woman problem. This movie has a black people problem as well. Well, most, yeah, first and foremost, yeah. Well, there's something about, like, there's something about how Frances McDormand's friend at the gift shop um, basically is a prop, or, she, mm-hmm. you know, she only exists to be used against, uh, to be used against Frances, mm-hmm. and that she goes down on, like, a pot charge, Um and then when she meets the guy who puts up the billboards later, it's like they're both black and therefore they're friends. Like I, I certainly think I've like heard enough uh, black people speak about the idea of when you enter a white space, if you see another person of color, then you acknowledge one another because you automatically feel on the defensive and mm-hmm. in this unsafe space. But something about this just felt so cheap to me. Sure. Yeah. <sighs> right, because it's not coming from a nuanced. No, place that right. It's coming from his own like misunderstanding of how humans. This movie reminds me a lot of Detroit, and that I don't. Think, I, I, I don't think of... Martin McDonough is a racist. I don't think Martin McDonough uh, isn't on the right side of justice. I just think that his own white blinders are yeah. getting in the way of him understanding the nuances of this story he's trying to tell and yeah. how it's all well intentioned. Yeah. Just but like he, Detroit, was. but he doesn't get it. Yeah, like the, right. he is missing a perspective on these issues in order to fully tell the story in a realistic way. It's, yeah, I think just the you said the, it's a cartoon. It is a cartoon. The original yeah. sin of this movie, I think, is that it's a movie about police negligence. That's about a white girl that got murdered. I thought about that. It's, yeah, yeah, and it's trying to have all of this dialogue about how we interact with the police. And who wants to watch this movie in 2017? Apparently, a lot of people because it's doing well. <laughs> what? It's what? Doing great. One more the draw th- of Francis. Yeah. One more thing about this movie's uh, problems with their black characters is the police chief who replaces Woody Harrelson seems to only exist as a not all cops apology, yeah. which I think is really insulting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Like he he fires Sam Rockwell, uh, which Woody Harrelson should have. Like he is so comically. Or it's not funny, actually, but he is so inept at his job and such a stain on that police department in terms of his record and in his public appearance, anyone would have gotten rid of him. So I don't really think it took a black police chief to get rid of that character. But because he does, I think that we're supposed to... um, We're supposed to look at that as some meaningful act of retribution when it's, it's just not. 
Yeah. What else about this movie? I do think Francis I, is fucking great. I, I was going to segue to that. I, I think Francis is good. Too bad um, she only has half the movie. Yeah. It too, splits it in half too, with the cops. Yeah, too bad. Um, yeah, too bad there's not more of her. It's just, it's, I thought the movie was supposed to be about her character, and it's really not as much as I thought it was going to be, and it's a bummer. She really doesn't have an emotional arc. Not in the same way that Sam Rockwell. Yeah, like yeah, totally. And and like there's these dumb moments like where she like flips a beetle over and is like, "Wow, look at her. Wow, she does have a heart." And like when she talks to the to the deer, which felt like a cheap rip off of that. How Michael, many deer have Michael been in movies Clayton, this year? You've got Get movement. Out. You've got the killing of a sacred deer. You've got this. You've got On Body and Soul, which I just saw. Um, there's more deers. Uh, if anyone is listening to this, please let us know what other deer have been in film this at year. Us on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> at, at movies I am a what deer have what magical deer have you seen in the movies this year? <laughs> so yeah, the so deer happy. conversation uh, rang uh, hollow for me when it was supposed to be like this well, actually, poignant moment. I were. It, did you fr- find it moving? I found Francis's oh. face very moving. I did not find the metaphor. At all moving. No. I didn't find the, the the interaction of it, the framing with her and the deer, and this sort of um, like happenstance encounter that means so much more. It doesn't work for me. The close-ups work for me on her face because she could make me feel anything. Yeah. Um, the but the only part of the movie that I connected with Fran in any way was when the ex-husband comes over at breakfast and he almost hits her, mm-hmm. and then she just stands there. Mm-hmm. That, I thought, was the most powerful thing that she did in the movie. And, like, I really understood who this woman is and where she's coming from and yeah. the life that she's led. But the rest of the movie, I hated the writing so much. I think I couldn't. Right. I, I know. I well, can't. That's, yeah. <laughs> I can't. That's what I admire about the character, too, that she's she's had enough and she bounces back. She is a survivor of domestic abuse and she won't take it anymore. She movie this sort of saying that it's her fault mm-hmm. that her daughter died um and she is trying to oh, take yeah that flashback is fucked she literally says i hope you get raped yeah when she when that, the daughter walks out the door wild. like jesus so and only a man would write that yes you know marion would never say that to lady bird no 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 never. i'm trying to think back to the trailer this is I just think this is interesting. The trailer what? promises like a zany madcap adventure. It's trailer, from all time America. The like, trailer this is gonna be the best movie of the year. I was like, oh my god. The trailer won a Cleo, and for a good reason. I mean, it's a great trailer. It's a great trailer. The Red Band trailer, I laugh every time. Mm-hmm. But um, she kicks that kid in the crotch. It's great, but it's when you see it in better. the movie, the jokes worked in the movie. I got for a, me. the kicking in the crotch. Did it worked for real? me. Yeah, but I mean, we're talking about someone getting kicked right. in the balls. It's just always funny. Yeah. <laughs> But my it's an evergreen. I, I wonder what in the, I'm trying to think back to the trailer. What did the first billboard say? Because in the movie, when you when the reveal is that the first billboard says "raped while dying," I was like, "Oh, that wasn't in the trailer." Did they just not show the first trailer in the? I mean, first probably billboard. In I don't the know. Trailer? I bet they just didn't show it. But it's probably your winner for best supporting billboard outside Edmond, Missouri this year. <laughs> what the first one it is the most impactful of the three. Which what is which one is that? Raped while dying. That's oh, the raped while dying. Really oh, yeah. Seeing the gut. Yeah, and for good reason. I mean, that's that's very jarring. I didn't realize. You know, I thought, and maybe in the trailer it just says like, she got killed, murdered. I think they, I think they just don't 
They just don't show it. So I interesting. Think that Peter Dinklage's character is really underserved in this movie. Yeah. What, um, is that yeah. what does he What does he exist for? Yeah. Apart to excuse Mildred from the arson, right? You know, and it's a Deus yeah. Ex Machina on top of it that he just happens and to be walking around the corner when she throws out. the Molotov cocktails. Excuse me. She's he's there to like be the voice of you're being a bitch. Yeah, and I actually don't think she was being a bitch. I don't either. No. I, yeah, his character. I didn't understand his purpose. I. Yeah, it, there's something about... I, Martin McDonough clearly has a fascination with little people. Mm-hmm. And in, in Bruges, it worked for me. It felt empowering in a way, and it, and it existed to like point out Colin Farrell's own small-minded stupidity and his attitude around the little person in the mm-hmm. film. In this, he just felt like an excuse for the characters to say midget. Yeah. And, and they said midget like a hundred well, times. Uh, you know, I think this movie is also about hate. And... The reason that they say that word so many times is because I think he's trying to point out how the bigotry goes beyond the color of people's skin. It's, mm-hmm. it, it, it applies to their gender. It applies to um, it applies to their height. <laughs> I mean, right. it, and, it, and it applies to um, the way that you fit into a society, whether you're a police person, a police officer, and supposedly a paragon, uh, an upstanding citizen of uh, of the town, or if you're a divorced woman. And the town doesn't know what to do with you, like an angry, bitter, old maid. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't. I, I don't. There, there's really no nuance to it for me. It, right. uh, I don't. I know that he's not just trying to have an excuse to say slurs, um, but that's kind of what it feels like because right. the conversation about anger is so muddled, and that redemptive arc around Sam Rockwell is so misguided. It doesn't feel like the movie's saying anything really there's smart about hate. Did you guys see the article today about someone who was writing a Lenny letter said... Oh, I saw a headline. It's a hipster racist, and they mm. couch the racism in, like, sarcasm and sort of, like, as an in-joke, and it sort of feels like that's what this movie is. I'm mm-hmm. pointing out how stupid bigots are by using their same language. Yes. Right. And it's very... It's just very much that, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it, comes from this privileged place. Yeah, I heard a lot where... of that, like, growing up in the Midwest. I mean, yeah. um, but that level, like, that type of hipster racism where it's the same white people who are like, I voted for John Kerry. Or, I mean, they we're in high school. It's like, my parents voted for John Kerry. Right. And there's, but they're still making these rude comments that are couched in this protective level of irony that in some way feels like Louis C.K. arguing on behalf of women as a smokescreen for his abuse of them. Right. right. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt about Blade Runner 2049 um, as well. And that whole, yeah, with the female characters and that. Right, yeah, because they're, yeah. Why can't everything just be Ladybird? <laughs> yeah, that's the moral of the story. Um, Having seen, oh, what were you going to oh. say? I don't. <laughs> well, one, to, to sort of segue ourselves. Oh, if we're going to segue, I do want to say what I was going to say. Oh, say what you're going to say. Say what you're going to um, say. I texted you this, and I just want to bring it up and... To be clear, he's talking to Brandon. He did not text it to me. I texted to Brandon because you haven't seen the film yet, and Brandon and I saw it together. I'm just clear. I'm not hurt. I'm, I'm, I'm just clarifying for the audience because they can't see where you just placed your hand on the table <laughs> in his direction. Yeah. Thank you. Um, there was a moment in the movie, and now I don't remember what it was, so like, I'm just going to be relying on you to just shut me down or corroborate me. Is Sam Rockwell supposed to be closeted homosexual? So you texted um, me that, uh, and I... When he was crying on the other cop's shoulder it's after... It's not there. It's not not there. I agree with you. 
I don't know. I don't have enough information to really yeah. argue one way or the other. There was a moment like I wondered I, if he I was. Gonna, I wondered if he was going to kiss the, the other moment. cop when he was crying on well, his shoulder. Well, there was that. Yes. That's the moment. But that no, there was another one because oh. I was thinking of that, and that's not like yes, but that is could just be me projecting. If that is in the movie, then I'm even angrier about the way that that character is written. Right. Yeah. That somehow that... him being gay apologizes for his bigotry, and it's not just bigotry; it's violent actions against yeah. people of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh, indeed. Having seen the like, movie, if you spend enough time with white gay guys, you understand that like bigotry does not end when you are uh, cishet. Correct. You know. Yeah. That's correct. Having seen the movie, because for a while we all thought Frances is the front runner. Is she still? No. Margot Robbie is the front runner. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the movie. We'll talk about the movie. I think that it is both a crowd pleaser and carries an abrasive tone to it that will be off-putting to some. In this newer, younger, more diverse academy, I think that it might fly a little easier because I think that there is sort of a nuanced level of irony going on in that movie that older people might just miss out on. But I don't know if she's the front runner. She's amazing. Amazing. And this movie that I'm kind of... Yeah. Lukewarm to liked it on. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I, I know the people I follow on Twitter are not a representative swath of the Academy, but like the love that is there for this performance. It's is amazing. Outrageous. She performance. elevates the entire movie, which is basically a two hour ripoff of Goodfellas. Sure. Mm-hmm. She's extraordinary. And I love her in everything I've ever seen her in. Yeah. I'm just like, this is my girl. I really don't... Yeah. I, I'm not sure she I want her to really, win really because good. I think her first nomination might be more encouraging to her to, to explore more daring projects. Just a pat on the back. Because mm-hmm. she produced this too. I'm telling she, you. You have did. you have not felt a rush of joy inside of you until you have seen Margot Robbie PGA in the credits nice. for this movie. That's awesome. It is phenomenal. That's wonderful. Alice and Janney, though, will win Best Supporting Actress. And yeah. big fan of Alice and Janney. Have been since I was... 11 years old and first saw C.J. Craig. You know, I she's a boss. She's self-possessed. I mean, that's not the right word. She, she, she's sure of herself. Yeah. yeah. I love Alice and Janney. We'll talk on the episode, but when you compare the nuanced mother-daughter relationship in Lady Bird, which should be your best actress and best supporting actress winners, right. mm-hmm. to the mother-daughter relationship in I, Tanya, which every scene is them saying to one another, she's like, you're no good. And Magarabi's like, you're hurting me. <laughs> like almost verbatim. That's what it is. And Alice and Janney's, oh, do you guys mind if I just say one yeah, thing? Sure. There's a, mo- oh, there's a moment in the second act of this movie when the drama is over with Tanya and um, Sebastian Stan, her husband, and the abuse, of, the cycle of abuse that's going on there. And I think she goes to the Olympics for the first time. And then it cuts to, and you guys know there's like a mockumentary format to the film. Oh no, I didn't. Did yeah, not. no. So there's a number of like cuts to characters talking to camera. Okay. And even in like the... to die for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's used much more effectively in to die for. Anyway, there's this one moment where Alice and Jenny hasn't been in the movie for like 30 minutes, and it cuts her, and she goes, "What happened to my goddamn part in this movie?" You know, or something like that. And it's like that sucks so much yeah. that sucks so hard and there's also a lot of uh, okay we'll talk we'll talk you know we'll yeah, talk we'll in a few talk. weeks yeah we'll we do have weeks. the I, Tanya episode speaking of to die for what if Ileana Douglas had played 
She still would have been snubbed. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Ileana Douglas should have won the Best Supporting Actress Oscar for To Die For. I fucking love it. IMO. Where is she? Uh, she's she's a host on TCM. Oh really? Yeah. That makes me happy. Yeah, she's I great. I love her. She I just would like her to still be working. I would too. In any way. I would too. I just she's she's she... leaned into the Hollywood legacy. Good. Uh, portion of her biography. Great. And nice. she also is a classic film lover and mm-hmm. always has sort of, just like in her performances, an off the wall perspective to give on films that you've seen a million times mm-hmm. that were made in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. She's I a host on her. TCM. What else do we have to say about this film? Nothing. I'm done. I read, <laughs> I read my notes that I like scribbled out after yeah. I saw it, and the la- it ends with "Does anything mean anything anymore?" <laughs> I this, think this movie is just the love for it that is. Uh, I, don't, I mean, the fact that it's going to get nominated for Oscars baffles me. Yeah, um, I just I cannot wrap my head head around. I can no. absolutely wrap my head around Francis getting nominated. Let, let's take a but back, beyond that. Let's take a step back. What baffles me is how the hell this won the Toronto People's Choice Award. I don't my audience didn't seem to like it too much. They really neither, were not neither, caught I into the tone. Neither yeah. did ours. Like, yeah. And it's not know. people I, seem confused. Yeah. Which I think is a good thing whenever audiences are confused, uh, because it encourages you to think out of the box around narrative, tone, the trailer versus the actual movie. I think that's encouraging. But I mean this movie's not very good. So maybe not in this example. But yeah, yeah. I, I there was a lot of head scratching going on yeah. in the room. I don't know. Um, yeah, is there anything else more to say about it? Apart uh, from it puts the board and billboard, as far as I'm concerned. Nice. It does. I was a little bored during it. I was just like, why? It is agonizingly slow. Yeah. Which I like. I mean, look, our, I mean, the central thesis of this podcast is every movie can be linked back to Jean Dielman. You know? <laughs> I like a slow, methodical drip, drip, drip. Yeah, but the scenes in this just drag. Fuck narrative. Oh, yeah, the, of course. And, and here, the, I'm, here I'm, it does not work. It doesn't work here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... it's Hold a, for poor. It's a, it, it is a movie of the here and now in terms yeah, of issues of police brutality... Gender discrimination, racial discrimination, anger, um, just seething love, anger. Though. I mean, yeah, if that's what people want to becoming force into it, if that's what people want to think that's what they're seeing in this movie, well, then sure, no, let no, them. No, 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 I mean, that is in the movie. It's whether it's, or not it's, it's bungled is another question, but it's in the movie. It's there, but... Bungled. It is bungled. I agree. It's a big old bungle. Love bungled. I big mean, old of bungle. Of course it's TM. there, but like for people to see it's there, but that it's also done well, which it's not. Right. I agree. I, I agree. All right. Should we do our theme? Um, Tell us our theme, Ben. Host for the week. So because Frances is the ostensible front runner. Yeah. Or she was when she we decided was. upon the theme. Yeah, she, she was, was. When we decided upon the theme <laughs> that um, we wanted to talk about the fact that that women, women, movies. I did it too. You oh, mistook yeah. movies for women. <laughs> movies that win Best Actress almost never win Best Picture. And what a crazy... And compare that to Best Actor winners winning Best Picture. Yes. So I, I pulled up the facts. Ben's got stats. I love, love statistics. stats. Ben's got the book. Because I am an MP, and when the MPs feel any sort of emotion, we make a list. An MP <laughs> and an MVP. Thank you. Oh, so nice. Um, the Best Actress Award and Best Picture have aligned 
10, maybe 11 times, depending on the Sunrise account. counts. Okay. Sunrise counts. Sunrise counts as the Best Picture winner, one Best Unique and Artistic I think picture. it's on the wall at the Hollywood okay. Highlands That's Center. That's good, because I didn't... Usually, on the pillar. Yeah. And that is official. They usually yeah. just count... <laughs> I hate to get to ratings. original folks, but uh, the Best Picture winners are on the pillars at the Hollywood and Highlands Center. And it's where the Oscars are. Ah, uh, yeah. Two Best Actor has won the same from Best Picture. I'm lost it. Um, 27 times. So that's almost three times as often as with women. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read the awards that have gone to women mm-hmm. so we can talk about the similarities between what has won Best Picture and Best Actors. Mm-hmm. So Janet Gaynor in Sunrise, Claudette Colbert in... It happened Colbert. one night. I, I think it might be Colbert. I'm doing it because of Stephen Colbert. Of course. <laughs> uh, it happened one night. Louise Rayner in The Great Zigfeld, Vivian Lee in Gone with the Wind, Greer Garson in Mrs. Miniver. And then we have a 33-year stretch until Louise Fletcher in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Diane Keaton and Annie Hall, Truman McLean, Terms of Endearment, Jodie Foster in The Sounds of the Lands, Gwyneth Paltrow in Shakespeare in Love, and Hilary Swank in Million Dollar Baby, and that's the most recent one. Until Saoirse Ronan wins this year, one lady for and Lady Bird's going to win Best Picture as well. It could, actually could happen with The Post. It could happen with The Post. If we'll Meryl see. wins and Post wins, yeah. that, I don't think that will happen. I think it might. I think Post will win Best Picture. I think, um, I, I think Margo will win Best Actress. I'm on that train now. We'll see. We'll see. Whatever. I, <laughs> the movies are just not that screened yet. We don't know. I think that Sally Hawkins has a pretty good chance. They love her. Having seen the movie, which doesn't work for me, her performance is just a big, bright ball of joy. Because without Frances, she's the front runner for me, yeah. I think. Because she plays a mute in that. It's right. challenging. She's well, it's, acting with her eyes. Right. Yeah, well, her entire face. It's not, it's not just that she's not speaking with verbal language it's that her character is asked to convey so many different tones and so many different uh feelings throughout this film it's insane and that so much of the emotion in the shape of water is translated not with verbal language but in facial cues and and sort of the intangibility of human connection yeah anyway so let's talk about the theme i mean there's or human and fish in almost all of these movies you have incredibly masculine characters. Yeah. Um, well, and not just characters. I mean, you look at Vivian Lee and Gone with the Wind, Greer Garson and Mrs. Menever. Um, those are like pre-1942, and those are both war films, ostensibly, mm-hmm. which is a masculine genre. And then One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I mean, she's... Pretty masculine. Yeah, and she's also playing a bitch. Yeah. Right. Nurse Ratched is not to be sympathized with whatsoever, and right. I think that there's something about voting for the woman that you hate that might make more sense <laughs> for... The, that academy at the time yeah and it's it, also it shouldn't be in lead that performance it should be in supporting i him. would say that mm-hmm. the hannibal lecter rule dictates that it's okay sure i mean i might even put anthony hopkins in supporting myself yeah. but i see the argument for yeah. lead and i and i see it she is the female lead of cuckoo's right. Nest. you know she might she's one of like she's like the only woman who isn't like a sub nurse or a prostitute right, right. And then Hillary Swank in 04, which is 13 years ago. That's, that's crazy that that was the latest one. I know. And, and even that, it was Clint, Clint Eastwood's late-breaking boxing movie. Right. And that's a performance that, the whole, I mean, not the whole point of it, because that's uh, disrespectful to a lot of the like multi-layered um, characterization that she gives, especially with her family and like the shame about yeah. that and the, that push and pull. When Margot Martindale says, 
Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit She was in that movie. That movie's incredible. I need and to I, revisit. Million Dollar Baby's great. I love it unironically. It didn't uh, the New York Times like A.O. Scott uh, when they did the best movies. Yeah, it was like the last, two. It was, yeah, like in the top five for the best movies of what? Of the century. Of the, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I need to revisit it. There. It's a great film. I I, I, I remember loving it. I haven't I seen it in a while because form. it's, it's amazing. because yeah. yeah, it really is, and that was my genre at that age. Yeah. Love sadness porn. I mean, Babel three years later was oh, yeah. one of my all-time Fuck faves. Yeah. And now, oh my god, Babel! And now I can't look at a picture of Inyari two without like the blood break, like <laughs> bubbling up to my temples. Oh, but at the time that 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 uh, that violin song that plays at the end. Oh, I and listen, she's nude. I've got on it on balcony. my phone right now, Brandon. Should I play it for the for the? You have it on home? your phone? Yeah, oh, that was like my high school theme. I should song. here. Are we allowed to play it? Are we going to get Give sued? Me a break. I don't know. On, on a, today's episode of the Kid Manifesto that I listened to this afternoon, uh, uh, the Moulin Rouge episode with friend of the pod, Jorge Molina, uh, Sam plays one of the songs and says, if you get sued, right. he gets sued. I just don't want to get sued. Now I'm probably not. Sue away. Play it. I'm looking for it. I'm very attuned to this. Play the song because I oh, want here, to... Yeah, here it is. That's so funny. You just Oh, shit. It. Hold on. Yeah, I got to turn on my data in order to... So that's the only song you have saved from the Babel soundtrack? Yeah. Same. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm just teleported back to my high school sadness. I know. I would play, I would play this when girls wouldn't like me back. I, girls? Well, yeah, I was I was 15 years old and deeply in the closets. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I was depressed, too. So I would just, like, walk around and listen to this. Anyway. Oh, my God. How funny that this was our collective I'm, I'm turning sad it off. song. It's amazing. Yeah, I it's great. This. Love bonding over Babel. This is all to say. <laughs> yeah, where are we going? Well, with actually, this? <laughs> really quick, Million Dollar Baby is one of the few movies of Clint Eastwood's where that feature that sort of monochromatic, almost aluminum visual scheme yeah. that mm-hmm. works for me. Yeah. It's one of the first. Like Mystic River right. does it. Yeah. But it, I think it works great in this movie because yeah. it's such a depressing film that that like overbearing sense of grayness. Yeah. Yeah. works in an oppressive sense because it forces you. I know it's a masterpiece. Yeah. I need but to revisit it. going back to theme, it's a performance that was talked as a physical performance, as a, whether or not this is, uh, whether or not oh, I agree with this descriptor, as boxing. a masculine performance. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. whole character was like the girl at the boxing gym. Yeah. You know? She was scrappy, tough as nails from the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. What's and the... then there's Jay Baruchel in that oh. film. In that, like, Amazing little subplot that's like really is what makes the movie such sad. Pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. That like we get the wimpy guy gets being the, bullied, gets Aww. the shit beat out of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> what was I want to ask? What was the closest we've gotten since two thousand four for the best actress, best picture combo? Probably Phyllida Lloyd's The Iron Lady. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that movie's up. garbage. Shut up. <laughs> 
fuck up, Garbage. Daniel. There's, oh my god, my favorite moment in The Iron Lady. By favorite, I mean the worst. I haven't seen it. It's, it's during a montage of... Uh, Margaret Thatcher trying to pass some piece of like probably like union busting legislation and it just cuts to all these like Dutch angles of Margaret Thatcher like in a room full of men like pounding her fist on the table (laughs) be like no (laughs) so bad and the Dutch angle it's like I mean I don't care for the Mamma Mia movie either I Phil Lloyd is you know we're we're not friends um it was clear that, like, she read a film aesthetics textbook and was like, oh, a Dutch angle can be used to convey some sort of, like, <laughs> askew energy? Yeah. I'll take 20! Yeah. <laughs> but that was a good question. So, uh, probably Jennifer Lawrence, Silver Linings Playbook? Oh, yeah, yes, that is La a good La one. Land. Oh, I mean, duh, duh. Uh, La La Land. We experienced it last year, yeah. Yes, I exactly. just watched it again uh, yesterday. Oh, did you? I mean, no, not the movie. The uh, the snafu. Oh, the envelope love snafu. Love the snafu. It's so fun to watch. What the fuck was Warren Beatty doing up there? He tried to make it all about him. He did. Anyway, he I, tries the, to jump. Wasn't the, it? Wasn't the, it Faye Dunaway who fucked it up? Yes. No, Warren Beatty did. Well, no, Faye fucked it up. W- Warren could have solved it all by being like, "We have the wrong envelope. We have the wrong envelope," and instead oh. he just gives it to Faye Dunaway. Yes. So it. So they're both, it was they're both his. culpable, but. It's really, I guess it is sort of his fault. Uh, yeah, I, I remember now. Well, he hands it to her yes. as if, like, I, I want to deal with What this. really stuck out to me yeah, this yeah. time was between uh, Jordan Horowitz showing the envelope, which he, you know, I, I don't think we need to talk about how great that guy is. Like, he yeah. did what any decent person would do. Right. But when he snatches the uh, card of Warren's hand, it's great. But between that moment... And Barry Jenkins speaking. Warren is talking for like a minute about how like, hold on, this was not my fault. Yeah. Like I was given the wrong thing. And it's like, dude, like this is Step not back. your time. Yeah. Well, you know that Annette called him like immediately after and was like, you need to come home right now. I thought that was just a joke. No, that happened. Wait, I also thought it was just a joke. No, it happened. She called him Annette and was like, him. come like, home so I can punish you. No, not punish, but just like. You Get need, out of there. Yeah, just like you need to leave. You, right now. You yeah. really messed up. And he was like, I'm going to the party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is, he, I, I do recall that. It was Warren who fucked it up, and it was Faye who got thrown under yes, the bus. Faye yeah. got thrown under the bus. But I, she did get thrown under the bus, but she also fucked up. Right. She read. She just read the She read what she saw. Yeah, she didn't fuck up. She just read a but words it also on the card. Said it also Stone said Emma Stone. Me. I mean, it's ultimately Warren's fault, yes. But I... She just didn't think. She didn't She just think. saw the name of the movie... She saw there's a name. She must have. She just Emma Stone is a producer. She doesn't know Emma Stone. That, you know what? That's that's actually <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. That's the most convincing argument I've heard for how you interpret Emma Stone on the piece of paper. Yeah, like she was a producer. Like she doesn't know that she's not a producer on the movie. Margot yeah. Robbie produced I Tanya. Exactly. Yeah. She maybe uh, maybe I Tanya was the named producer on Bonnie and Clyde. So she was just confused. She, no wonder she was so excited in the moment. She's like, "Women, we can have it all!" <laughs> oh man. So yeah. Okay. Last year, um, but yeah, before so that, I think it was um, Silver Linings Playbook because that was that was close to winning if it wasn't for Argo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Argo only won because of the best directors. Now, correct. I agree. Yeah, but I think it would have been Lincoln. Yeah, and that would have been great because Lincoln was the second best movie Lincoln's that year. A great movie. Um, of course, yeah. Amour was the best nominated film. That's one of the. Did sm- that get nominated for best picture? Baby, best picture, best director, 
and best screenplay. And then obviously should have won should have won actress from Annual Reba. That and it yeah. and it won should have been should have been nominated for best actor for Jean Louis Trintignant, mm-hmm. who is, is hilarious and happy end by the way. I can't wait to see it. Ah, same. Wait, it won best foreign. Yeah, yes. obviously. Yeah. Oh, I forgot it was them. Seven other picture. nominations. That's not the right math. It's a, unless you're Amelie. Like, yeah. Because Amelie did not win Best Foreign. Oh, really? It was also, Let me look it up. Wasn't it also surprising when Pan's Labyrinth didn't win Best maybe, Foreign? Maybe that's the example. And I'm it was The guys. Lives of Others. I think that's the one. I, yeah, that's the example I'm thinking of. And Let me double I check. I love The Lives of Others. I remember, it's, it's amazing. I remember being very livid, and then I went to see The Lives of Others, and I was like, yeah, fair. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tough call. Yeah, it is. Amelie was nominated for five Oscars and lost best foreign like best. Yes, what got a bunch it, of people? It got nominated for best original screenplay, cinematography, art direction, sound. That's but sound. not That's picture because there was only five, right? Uh, there was only five. So let's see. It lost best foreign language film to um, John Voight for Ali. No, hold on. Twat. Maybe we can just cut out this silence in between. Sure. Oh, no. oh, to No Man's Land, which is a pretty good movie. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that either. We watched that in my multicultural ethics and war class in college. Wow, that sounds like a tough, tough class. Oh, I'm well studied. Damn. <laughs> I mean, I got like a B in the class. Oh. So anyway, um, I'm I'm looking up the I winners here now. I think it's really a strong. It's like, what am I trying to say? I don't know. It's, Have more wine. <laughs> they're all of the great actors have been in films that have won Best Picture. Right. Calvin Hepburn was never nominated to win Best Picture. Meryl Streep hasn't been in one in forty years. Yeah. Sidebar. Until sidebar. The post. Sidebar about how anyone who says that Meryl Streep has never worked with a great director, you know that line, like she's yeah. not, she's the greatest actress, the greatest right. American actress of all time, but she's never worked with a great American right. director. Do it's people like, say that? Fucking Mike Nichols. Fuck you. Yeah, you know, She's done she was so his. Much. They yeah. they were collaborators for a long yeah. time. Yeah, it's bullshit. That's very interesting, though, that the greatest actresses haven't like they're just not in the movies. They're that... not in the movies that won Best Picture. And I think it's a huge disservice to cinephilia because the Oscar lists are one of the first things a child growing up is able to like attach. Yeah. And like find and hey, find lists and it's let like, me just say the Oscar record is not sterling, but as long as it's not the IMDb top two hundred and fifty, right. which is even <laughs> more discriminatory against women mm-hmm. and uh, oh, stories well, by IMDb. people of color, it's terrible. Oh, um, so uh, this is not the most recent example, but I think that Liza Minnelli for Cabaret yeah. is an interesting person to talk about because Cabaret wins like seven Oscars eight. or something, it wins eight Oscars, and which is the win. most any movie's ever won to not win Best Picture. Correct. I will say, I think the best thing that happened to Cabaret was losing Best Picture to The Godfather because people would hate that movie the way they hate Shakespeare in Love because it beats Saving Private Ryan. That's uh, a good point. Yeah. And I think The Godfather wins Best Picture. It is a masterpiece. Yeah, it deserves to win. It won Part two's better. It won because of the box office. Yeah, it that's was, right. It was a smash. It was at... I, I tried to fact check this today, but I couldn't find it. But I believe in its day, it was the highest grossing domestic movie of all time. Yeah, I don't. I'm oh, not, okay. That's too much. That makes that, that's sense. That's too uh, too layered of a Google yeah, to really fact hard. check. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to like fact check because Gone with the Wind and The Sound of Music have been re-released so many times that you don't know what the numbers were in 1972. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's true. And I wouldn't be surprised. And it won Best Actor. That's and right. Best Picture. That's right. And then 
Cabaret wins two acting awards. It wins Best Director over Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. It wins Art Direction, Cinematography, and Editing. Yeah. And... And editing? And editing. Yeah. Editing always wins Best Picture. I know. One of my all-time favorites. Except for it's... Born Ultimatum. Right. And it... <laughs> or Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh, Now, nice. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is a wonderful movie, though. Oh, I think I didn't hear what you said. I, th- I thought you said the Best um, Picture winner. Oh, did you say? I I, I just said I was just I was just saying films that have won best editing that didn't win best picture, oh. such oh, yeah. as. I think that that trend is starting to break. It, it is. It is a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, Hacksaw Ridge won last god. year. Oh god, light me on fire! Oh, and <laughs> yeah, last year I remember watching and and I remember tweeting. Oh my fucking god! Does this mean Hacksaw win Ridge wins best picture? I will die. I've still never seen it, and I don't plan to. I saw the first 15 minutes, and I was like, nope. I actually <laughs> didn't mind nope. it, but I, I think I was blinded by Look, Andrew Garfield. I won't see Daddy's Home 2 for the same reason I won't see Hacksaw Ridge. Fair. It's a good reason to not see it. It's a great reason to not see it's, it. I won't be seeing Wonder Just Wheel. Just like I will never see the new Harry Potter movie. What? Oh, oh Johnny Depp. Right. God, they could still recast him. Why and haven't they? Not only did they not recast him, the title of the movie features his, his character. character. What are you doing? What are you thinking? And he's not even a box office draw anymore the way no. he was 10 years ago. What Pirates a weird bombed. time when Ridley yeah. Scott is the wokest filmmaker. <laughs> like, we're, I mean, he made the decision because he was worried about box office. It's not because he... Pro- he I mean, wanted, I don't know. I don't know. And because he wanted Christopher Plummer in the first place. That's right. He did. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. I thought, well... Um... Never mind. I also want to say about, um, speaking of, uh, Catherine Hepburn has never been in a Best Picture winner. Mm-hmm. I say has never as if she's still with us. In a way she, she is. She is in my heart. Um, the Lion in Winter should have won Best Picture in 1968. At least from what was nominated. Was that when Oliver won? Yes. And because... I watched, I scanned through it this weekend. I didn't have time to watch another two-hour, 15-minute mm-hmm. movie this weekend. But I, Oliver's a movie that I like a lot. Yeah. But. Consider yourself basic. And I mean, I love the, the music, and it's a musical that I'm quite a fan of, and I think Carol Reed does some really interesting things with it. But. He's an interesting director. Anthony Harvey does as much interesting things in The Lion in Winter, plus the performances are out of control. And the script is out of control because it's based on this amazing play. And mm. it's just like, where were all of the other Oscars? Right. It only, I think it only won Catherine Hepburn. I could be wrong. I didn't fact check that. But like. Catherine Hepburn won two years in a row. Yes. And it's not like The Lion in Winter was beat by like something of the counterculture moment. Mm-hmm. It was beat by Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I would get it if if this was, like, the year before and, like, if Bonnie and Clyde had won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, I get it. I don't get Oliver beating the Lion in the Winter. Yeah. And that should have been Catherine Hepburn's because it's, like... Because it's a it's a cute, scrappy boy mm-hmm. and a beloved... Yeah. It, it's, it has a layer of prestige to it mm-hmm. because it's Dickens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is at a time when movie musicals are really in fashion. Yeah. Right? This is leading up to Dr. Doolittle being sort of the, the final... Big music no, of this era. Because I was 67. No, 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 no. no. I'm saying it's leading up to. Oh, you mean. Like, it, it is at the very end of the big Hollywood musical, yeah. right? Um, and I think that's why it wins Best Picture. Yeah. Like, The Sound of Music wins a year or two before that. Mm-hmm. It was the last time it won before Chicago. 
Well, let's think about yeah. the last musical before. Yeah, I think it's go. interesting that Elizabeth Taylor wins Best Actress for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, a movie that wins uh, another acting award. It wins cinematography, right? Uh, that might be the only other one, cinematography. But it loses to A Man for All Seasons, yeah. which is a good movie. Yeah. And a great, a great play. Yeah. And Paul Schofield wins Best Actor for that. And that's just, yeah. a, I mean, it's about a man standing up for his beliefs and being punished for it. Yeah. Which is probably how most men in the Academy like, <laughs> felt at the time just by sure. making movies, yeah. you know? Yeah. When Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is such a dynamic picture. But, you know, I have a bias in, in favor of any movie with a broken relationship yeah. with both partners screaming at each other. Or in this case, two broken relationships with yeah. four people screaming at each yeah. other. That's a movie that uses Dutch angles to pretty great effect. Yes, I agree. What? I, w- I was too afraid to verbalize it. Brandon. All right. We all have fucking flaws. Yeah. It's F- a movie that Your I flaws realize. make you a flop. <laughs> a great big flop. It's uh, on my list and it has been for literally a decade. So get off my back. It is truly. Getting angry, baby. <laughs> stunning. I, I can't and wait. Hold up. I I've can't wait to so watch times. it for the first time. You will die watching Sandy Dennis. I can't oh. award winner Sandy Dennis. She will be your hero and your icon <sighs> for the rest of your life. I can't wait <laughs> to have that. I, I can't wait. I would tie Dorothy Malone for Written on the Wind mm. and Sandy Dennis for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf as the best supporting actress winners of all time. Nice. That's fair. Right? I'm playing Dorothy Malone in at my birthday party next year. I'm having a Douglas Stark party. Are you kidding? No. Oh, right. oh, oh I developed this one. with Jeffrey because I, I was about to say, can I be? <laughs> oh yeah, can I be the deer? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which is sort of the original deer as metaphor mm-hmm. in there, in, in uh, all that heaven allows. That's right. Um, you kind of wish there was a deer in Far From Heaven, right? I do. Yeah. Oh, I would love a deer in Far From. But yeah, like, if I would have to lose like what? If I would have to lose like one Patty Clarkson scene for the deer, I would not take the deer. Oh no, you can't lose any Patty Clarks. No. Um, I just, I would like to point out that the last time that Best Actor and Best Picture have aligned was The Artist. Oh, boy. That's a good win. No, it is. Does that movie hold up? Yeah. What was he up against? No. Okay. But I, I, I I I was pro The Artist at the time, and I'm still. I was, I was pro The Artist as well, but does it hold up? I don't know. My, my argument in favor of The Artist is. On its head, not far off from my argument for Faces Places. Faces Places is a much deeper, richer movie with a lot more contemporary issues on its mind and a much more nuanced take on them. And, and it's a whole other thing about just how Agnes's curiosity and empathy are their own uh, special effects, as we talked about. But the artist is a flute of champagne. And that's okay, because most sparkling wine tastes like piss. Wow. <laughs> It's beautifully a, sad i'm just what, saying who does that does, do i need to explain what that means or do we understand no i got it okay great i got it um because who was supposed to win if not him it was supposed to be george clooney for descendants right or brad pitt and bro he should brad pitt should have won brad pitt and what i think Sean is a good outstanding performance i love moneyball me too. I do too. I love that. Was movie. that nominated for Best Picture that year? Hell yeah. Yeah, it was. What should have won if not for the artist? Well, just give me a second, guys. Let's... 2011, The Tree of Life. Oh. Right. Yeah. But it was never going. No. No. What was the one that could have had a chance? Give me a minute. That's a great question. I don't even remember. The Descendants? No. The, uh, 
I, that's, that's Toy the, Story That's 3? the one Alexander Payne di- no, different year. Oh, that's fair. the one Alexander Payne movie I just no. cannot get down with. Drive was Drive nominated for no, Best No, Picture? Drive famously was only nominated for sound and may, oh, maybe editing. Yes, right before pissed No, no Albert Brooks. Oscar Isaac is amazing in that movie. Okay, what was so the the, the, was good. the 84th oh, annual great. Academy Awards. Yeah. Oh, 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 this is an interesting year. And yes, yes, the Tree of Life is the best nominee. The Help. It's the Help year. It's, um, it's Hugo, which is oh, great. Oh, right, Hugo. The War help. Horse. Extremely loud and incredibly... <gasps> the I love that movie. <laughs> I didn't see it. I did not see it. Okay, can I... I'll, wow. I would go on the record as saying I love Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Uh, I wrote a paper... What? I wrote a paper in college about Manola Dargis's perfect... Oh, no, no, it wasn't a pan. Oh, I can't remember anymore, but I, damn it. But I wrote about her review in the New York Times. I mean, I doubt it holds up, but at the time I really liked it. Uh, War Horse was nominated. One of my favorite films of that year. Really just not good. Um, (laughs) All right, we all have strange opinions I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it is my go-to example for why I cannot get down with Kaminsky's lighting in Spielberg films, where light seems to be coming in from every window in a room with four walls. And that is not how the sun works. Moneyball, um, and that's pretty much it. Oh, okay. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, when the help is nominated. <laughs> I can't stop looking at the bug on Ben's wall. What's that bug doing? <laughs> I love killing bugs in my home. <laughs> All right, are we? It's oh, we're over an hour. Um, I'm I'm honestly down to do thirty more minutes if we're just talking about Oscar lore. <laughs> I mean, that's what we've devolved into. I don't know if that's where we should be. So, well, look, I think that we I think that we made our point pretty early on, which is that. Films that win Best Actress don't win Best Picture unless that movie is aligned in some way with a masculine-leaning genre Mm -hmm. or the performance is subverting Mm -hmm. traditional gender expectations in a way. I mean, Shakespeare in Love with Gwyneth Paltrow is an exception, but she does play a dude. She's playing a man. She does play a dude. For a lot of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? Say it again. What movie? Shakespeare in Love. Love. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And let's see... Well, I mean, we've pretty much... Even in, like, in Diane Keaton with Annie Hall... She's wearing pants. She's wearing pants. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I was going to say, I was at a family she's reunion. She's wearing pants. I was at a family reunion last month in North Carolina, which is the last place you would expect... I mean, I, I actually am a pretty big fan of most of... I like that side of the family a lot. But I got into a conversation... Do they listen to this? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, I hope they do now. <laughs> well, I, I hope this is the episode they hear. I hope that my great uncle's sort of girlfriend is listening. Like this wonderful woman, like this fashionable septuagenarian who got into a great tete-a-tete with me about Catherine Hepburn, specifically her long or her high-waisted pants. And she told me a story about her, how her brother ran into Catherine Hepburn on the street in New York in like the 1950s or 1960s. <gasps> And I don't remember where the story goes. Uh, I was probably on like my third martini at the time. Nice. But uh, but Catherine Hepburn like acknowledged her brother and was like, "Good to meet you, kid," you know, or something oh, like yeah. that. I love yeah, that. but it was mostly about the high waisted pants. Wonderful. I love that. I love high waisted pants. It's good to connect with Southerners over Catherine Hepburn's pants, is what I'm saying. Which, going back to uh, Three Billboards Outside Epic, Missouri. <laughs> Fuck that movie! May- maybe instead of riding, uh, riding in the car with the bigots uh, to go kill someone, if you're... I'm not saying that woman was prejudiced. I don't know. Um, I mean, 
from the South, but I don't know. Uh, but maybe <laughs> they should have just talked about Catherine Hepburn. Maybe. Anyway. Um, God, I need to close out of this Wikipedia page because Michelle has an avicious is just uh, staring, staring at, me. at your face. And he's very handsome. <sighs> What's he? Do- he looks what? like Clay's bang. He does. Oh, Clay's bang. Clay's what a last name for a daddy. yeah. <laughs> what a name for a man that looks like that. Yeah. Well, this was movies IMO. Um, you can find us on Twitter at movies IMO. I'm Ben MP, and you can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes, unless you are Christine Bachon because she has blocked me. <laughs> and I'm going to have to bring that up every episode. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> uh, I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. I'm Daniel Crook. I would have given Emmanuel Reeve a Best Actress, a more Best Picture, Michael Hanukkah Best Director. Wow. Um, I would have nominated it for Screenplay, for Editing, and I would have given Isabella Perez a Supporting Actress nomination. You can find All me All deserved. T- All deserved. Gosh, she's good. Uh, in like two scenes. She just like... Okay, have you guys seen the video on the internet of Isabella Perez and Michael Hanukkah arguing on the set of Amor wow. about like how her character would be drinking tea? No. It's like they're going at each other in a way that is so, you can only be that frank and combative when you deeply respect the other person that you're having the uh, debate with. Oh, I'll be Googling that. I'm on Twitter, Daniel Crook, three O's. Good night. Good night, everyone. Wait, Brandon hasn't. No, I did. I did, but I would like to add, if we were doing <laughs> if we're doing fun facts about ourselves, I wasn't mad when Extremely Loud and Crabbly Calls got nominated for Best Picture that year. <laughs> I must stop it now. Good night. We all have opinions. <laughs> The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.